When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tuesday, but guess what? It might as well be Monday or Friday. It don't matter. I got Club Shay Shay in the house. Your boy Stephen A is in the house. My man Rich Paul is showing up. He gonna be in the house. PK Super. I'm gonna give you a little hockey today. Because Stephen A can do that hockey. He can do that hockey. We gonna give you all of that. Plus a little bit of baseball and all of that stuff in between. What that means, Shannon Sharp, is that damn it on first take. We don't miss a beat. Am I lying? Nope. Am I lying? Nope. Let me turn to the Green Lantern. You know I ain't lying. First takes in the house. Good day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to First Take on this fine Tuesday. I'm Molly Karam. That is Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp, fellas. Hey, hey. How we feeling? How we living? Time to put the text down. Talking to you. Well, I am talking. Excuse me. No screens excuse at the me, table. Excuse me. This from the woman who's eating one minute. You know, drinking something the next while talking, but I got to give you eye contact when you on your phone. Your phone is dinging every three <laughs> minutes, okay? Popular. All, all right, then. Well, hey! And I walk, man. It's already on. What's, What's, What's going on? I'm ready for this Tuesday. What's up, Jeff What's up? This is what I'm saying. Don't be messing with me now. I'm multitasking. We going. We don't do what we do. What's up, Molly? What's Shannon, up? Shannon, we miss you. All right. We, I miss people. being in studio also. Yeah. I don't, somehow I don't believe that. Shannon, come LA. out. Brother in L.A. <laughs> he don't lying his ass Look at him. He's lying like, his ass no, I just told a lie. I can't even bother. Don't even bother. I can't even keep. Stephen A., I can't even keep a straight face. I can't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's all right. I'll be there this week. I'll be there. That's what I'm talking about. Here we go. All right, gentlemen, let's do it. It wasn't the prettiest game, but the Las Vegas Raiders were able to get back in the win column over the Green Bay Packers on Monday Night Football right here on ESPN. Their first victory over the Packers since, listen to this, 1987. The Raiders picked off Jordan Love three times. Jordan, what happened? We just, we didn't do enough. Um, You know, I didn't do enough. Um, And, you know, obviously it's a lot of good stuff to learn from. um, But, you know, it, it's tough because we had opportunities to go win it, um, and we couldn't do it. Yeah, I think at this point it's pretty obvious that the defense has to not give up any touchdowns, you know. I think that's a part of being self-critical of our defense because, you know, the offense is pretty young, you know, and they're still figuring out their mojo. So, you know, it, the defense, we got to, you know, we got to be the ones to score and stop them from scoring. Let me break it down for you. Jordan Love completing an NFL worst 56% of his passes this season. And after throwing three picks on Monday, he now only trails Jimmy G, the winning quarterback last night, for the league lead in interceptions. All right, S.A., I'll start with you. Are you already out on Love as the Packers QB? No, I'm not going to do that. I mean, don't get me wrong. The last three games have been have not been attractive, to say the least. First couple of weeks of the season, he was the leading passer in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that he was balling six touchdowns, no interceptions, I think, in the first two weeks or so. And then look at what he's done in those last three games. Two touchdown passes, six interceptions, ranked second worst among qualifying quarterbacks uh, in passer rating since week three at 55.4. That's nothing to brag at home about. We 
recognize that. We understand that it's not attractive at all, but it is three games in, okay? This brother's been on the bench for the last three years. This is his first year. He's essentially a rookie, Jeff Saturday, Shannon Sharp, as a starter. Again, I'm not impressed. Right. I'm not look, I'm not a, a high, you know, I'm not a, I'm a high on the fact that he's throwing six interceptions, but I go back to your boy Peyton Manning. How many interceptions did he throw as a rookie? And I'm certainly not putting Jordan Love in that class, not comparing him. I'm simply, I'm simply saying that when this is your addition into the NFL, this is this is where you all, where it all begins for you. It's hard for me to look at this young brother and go like this. Nah, he's a finished product. Give on him. That's a highly premature. Yeah. I just think it's unnecessary. He's been struggling over the last three games. He's got to get it going. But in the end, do I look at him and I see a brother that can't play, that doesn't have the potential to be good? Nah, I don't see that. I saw it in the first two games. I haven't seen it over the last three games. But why would I use these last three games to sit up there and write his epitaph? I think that's entirely premature. Yeah, I, I agree. Oh, no, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Shannon. Go ahead, Shannon. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, what I was going to say, I, I agree with you, Stephen A. Uh, he just has to understand the 16 to 30, 182, zero touchdowns, three mm. picks. And yes, he cost his team a game because even those, those two picks, he had an opportunity to redeem himself. And he's just going to have to understand. And I think this is what quarterbacks, the really good quarterbacks do, and what the really good players do, is that they understand the type of game that they're in. So it's going to be a game that points are going to be at a premium. And yeah. so you don't take unnecessary risks. Stephen A., uh, 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 Saturday, when I was in games like this, there was really no fighting for extra yards because I knew a turnover could cost us the ball game. And so now you get what you get. You get out of bounds, you get the first down, and you keep the chains moving. You don't take unnecessary risk. And that's the thing that you learned, that you saw about Tom Brady. He was good consistently. I can't remember one spectacular throw. You look at a Herbert, you look at a Trevor Lawrence, you look at a Patrick Mahomes. These guys can, guys can wow you with throws. But Tom Brady was just consistently mundane for 23 seasons, and he got the job done because he understood the type of game that he was in early on. This is going to be a game. This might be a 14-13. This might be a 17-10 type of ball game. So me taking unnecessary risk is unnecessary. And I think that's something that Jordan Love will, will understand as he moves along. But you cannot turn the ball over three times, especially on the road, and hope to get a win. Yeah, listen, I, I love it. And what you talked about, the style of game you're in, Shannon, I think needs to be kind of screamed from the tops, right? Is that this was an ugly football game. But yes. I think that was the Packers' game plan. I think when you looked at the way they designed this game plan, they wanted to run between the tackles, right? That, I, I'm sure Jones not being there and they expected him to be there, him not playing, met, you know, messed with their game plan to a degree. But Dylan played well between the tackles. They got it. But you could tell it was like run first down, run second down, try to check it down, throw some screens on third down. They almost limited Jordan Love pushing the ball down the field. But I will also say this. This doesn't all fall on Jordan Love. When Watson catches that wide open pass on the sideline, that's got to go to the house. Like, you yeah. got to go score that ball, right? Like, so, so then you're not talking about Jordan Love. Instead, you settle for three instead of getting seven right there, and the Raiders come back. Then on the, on the interception, the last interception when you said he throws that ball up, 
At some point, these are two young football players. It's Watson's second year in the league, right? He didn't have anybody on the roster that's been there more than two years so that he's throwing to. So when you're talking about growing up together, it's those moments, right? You got a 5'8", 5'9", corner on a 6-foot, way 6'3", whatever, however tall Watson is. Like, come back into the ball. Help me when it's not perfect. Now, some of the interceptions were blind. Like, you know, you can't throw the ball over the middle when there's no yellow hats anywhere in the business. That's right. There were some bad plays. I'm not trying to absolve him. Throwing in the triple cover. Yeah, you can't. Triple cover. But but there are other plays on the field that guys have to make for him. And if they do make those plays for him, we aren't discussing how he's – because they're getting getting conversions. They're getting touchdowns. I think a lot of times we think, well, the the quarterback's got to be perfect. He doesn't. Those other players have to make him look good in situations, and they are not right now. So it does look ugly. But I'm just telling you, that's too – for lack of a better term, inexperienced players, right? At the end of a game, when they really have a shot, he throws a back shoulder, he doesn't get enough on the ball, but come back. Like, plant your foot, come back. Maybe you get interference, but you dang sure can't fall off and let a smaller – So you're talking about the – You're talking about the end of the end zone where Watson didn't come back and get the ball. Yeah, yeah, and he's falling away. But, again, as they play together longer, he'll see that ball in the air and go, wait a minute, I got to react. I got to turn back into – and the one on the sideline that he catches early in the game – Watson has to go score that ball. You can't get caught when you are literally leaving the defense. Whatever you got to do, don't get vertical, get, get, you know, keep running at the angle, whatever it is. But when players make those plays, it makes the quarterback look so much better, man, because it's a, you know, it's a 15-yard pass that goes for 60. Okay. Like, how many times right. do we talk about Tua with a short completion right. or a good right. – that somebody takes it out? We're talking, and I asked this question to both of you football guys, Okay. We're talking about what Watson should have done. Yeah. We're talking about a couple of things Jordan Love should have done. Matt LaFleur, what level of accountability, if any at all, does he have knowing he has a young a quarterback, question. knowing he has a young receiver, the kind of positions that they've been put in? Yeah. What are you guys seeing from Matt LaFleur? You he is yeah. trying to protect Jordan Love right now. And I'm okay. just going to be honest. Like when you look at the game plans, it is, it is a scaled down, and especially last night, was a scaled down version of what I expected out of the Packers offense. And I think LaFleur, you know, when, you, when you're not playing well as a coach, you're trying to help the guy out. And so you're just going to take the gloves off and go, hey, our defense is going to have to win games. You heard Jair Alexander after the game talk about that. But, man, let him push the ball down the field more. Take more shots. Don't play so conservative because it's not like by playing conservative he protected the football. He's got to learn those lessons. But I do think LaFleur is trying to protect him. You know what I mean, Shannon? Yes, I do, but I understand. You have to understand that Jordan Love is a young quarterback. He's playing on the road, and Max Crosby is on the other side, and yeah. he can wreck my he can wreck my offense. So I'm going to limit Jordan Love's ability to put the ball in harm's way. But as you mentioned, these are two young players, really that are very very inexperienced. And the 50-50 ball, when he puts that ball up to Watson, Watson needs to come down with 75% of the 50-50 balls. And yeah. as he progresses, as he matures in the league, he'll get better at that. He'll understand, as you mentioned, Saturday, he can't fall away. He has to fight through. Even if he has to come back and get a P.I. call, you cannot let that guy intercept that ball in that position there because it ends the ball game. Knock it down, get a P.I., do something, but you can't let the ball game end there. All right, our analytics only favors the Packers once in their next seven games. That's week seven at the Denver Broncos. Guys, let's stay in the NFC North now. I got a quick take for you. So the Vikings plan to place superstar wide receiver, this is horrible news, Justin Jefferson on injured reserve due to the hamstring injury he suffered on Sunday. 
Sources confirmed to ESPN yesterday. Stephen A., is Minnesota season over? To me, it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. First of all, I ain't believing them anyway. Let's get that out of the way first. I mean, I mean not like I'm making this up, Shannon. I had, I, had, I had the Lions winning the division. I wasn't sold on the Minnesota Vikings because I said Kirk Cousins will find a way to get his numbers and produce for you in the regular season. But when it really, really matters, he ain't going to get it done. But that was with Justin Jefferson, who's been the best receiver in the NFL since 2020, at least statistically. Yeah. There's no question about it. Now that dude, that dude, that primary target is going. Dalvin Cook is no longer there. Justin Jefferson is going now. That puts an elevated level of pressure on on Kirk Cousins to find something to find somebody rather yeah. to rely upon. I can't see it, fellas. I haven't been that impressed with Minnesota anyway. No. So certainly with Justin Jefferson going for a considerable length of time with the Lions soaring, you're looking at a wild card spot at best. And then I got to take into a consideration. Tampa's better than we expected. New Orleans can't be dismissed in the South. I got San Francisco in the West. Seattle can't be dismissed in yeah. the West. And of course, Dallas and Philadelphia in the East. I think you only getting a division winner out of the North. Yep. And that's going to be the Detroit Lions. Viking season's over as far as I'm yeah. concerned. I, I, you, remember, you remember last year, Saturday, how many games did they won, win by one possession? That's they exactly won nine right. of those games. Nine of those games. Now the games that they won last year, they find themselves on the losing end of those games this year. And that's what you see, the likelihood of them continue to win these one-score games. Look, at the end of the year, you're going to look up and Kirk Cousins is going to have 4,000, 4,500 yards. He's like, oh, right. he played well. Going but – Early on, and when he's getting a lot of empty, a lot of these calories empty, they're down two scores, and he right. comes back and he drives, and you need an onside kick, and you need your defense to hold, but he's not playing well enough early enough in the ball game to give his team a chance to win. I agree with you, Stephen A. I just don't see when you lose a piece as dynamic as Justin Jefferson, and they're already challenged offensively because they don't run the ball with great consistency. They're a passing, a passing a football team. And so with him being out, they're thinking about putting him on IR or IL or whatever they want to term they want to use, I just don't see them going very far without number 18. Ain't no chance without 18. No chance of going to – listen, this offense, to Shannon's point, is built on explosive plays. And he is the most explosive receiver in the game. When you take him out, all of a sudden defenses can play you completely different. They can force you to try to make Cousins beat you or run the ball down the middle. That thing is going to be ugly. Hold Jefferson is absolute ball and a difference. Hold on, just real quick. Yes or no? Are you saying that Justin Jefferson is more explosive than Tyreek Hill? No. No. No, no, but I'm saying is what I'm saying is he for, for that offense, he is by far the okay. most dynamic player on the yeah. So to your point, I what he does for that offense is elevated like nobody's right. business. Wait, 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 he takes right. it, yeah. Wait, but wait, wait, I just want to make sure. I'm with you. Know, you know who Tyreek Hill is, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's the NFL's Jamar version Chase has of got his own argument He's, he's the well. NFL's version of Dame Dollar, yeah, Damian Lillard. I, I, he waves you. goodbye right. to the competition. <laughs> he waves I, I, I hear you. That's I hear saying. you. I just want to do All right. Let's get to another team that folks are down on right now, not George Kittle. George Kittle had himself a day against the Cowboys, scoring three touchdowns. He also added a little extra flex, showcasing a shirt that said bleep. Dallas. Micah Parsons mm. gave his thoughts on his Bleacher Report podcast, The Edge with Micah Parsons. Take a listen, y'all. George Kittle had three touchdowns on us, and he posted this thing to IG. Um, and I always have this expression, and we're going to look at this. You know, he said, F Dallas. Yeah. Um, you know, I just feel like he's making it more, way more personal than it had to be. And, you know, Kittle's my guy. But I'm going to say this, laugh now, cry later. Um, we got something for that. Just, just trust. Just trust. If we see them again, just trust. Laugh now, cry later.
All right. Mm. Well, <laughs> I mean, I was going to go to Shannon, but you, you need to talk, so go. Right, you got a question? Because I want to make sure, because I know how you are. We, we don't let you ask the question. You might have attitude. I was, so I just I want you to I ask I the question first. You I know, was just going to ask you, yes. I mean, attitude is a little extra. Is, what do you make of what Parsons had to say? Number one. We do extra on first take. So when Molly says it's a little extra, that's what we do on the first. It is not a, a, a critique. It is not an insult. It's a beautiful thing that we okay. are extra. You Most literally just said I ask questions with extra. attitude. I'm, I'm saying, but I love it. Well, I'm not complaining, but I love it. Okay. That's number one. Number Shannon, two. come back to New York. She, does, she, does, she, she means it. I mean, we definitely want you back in New York. But you can stay in L.A., my brother. I'm on the way. I'm on the way. Right, Here's the deal, okay? I'm on the way. Here's the deal. Listen. When you think about what Michael Parsons said, first of all, let me send this message to George Kittle, who I love, Brother Cabal. Say that energy for the Eagles. You already beat the Cowboys twice. Back-to-back years sent them home in the playoffs, okay? It's the Eagles that got over because I ain't seen a team in NFL history, Jeff said, they lost four quarterbacks in the same year. That's what happened to San Francisco. I mean, in the NFC Championship game, Christian McCaffrey lined up behind center. Yeah. You couldn't throw the football. That's who you really, really want more than anybody. You want the Eagles, number one. Number two, Michael Parsons. My brother. This brother's something special. Let me say this. I have no doubt that Michael Parsons is going to they're going to see San Francisco again, and they're going to have something to say. They ain't giving up 42 points again. They ain't going to get blown out like that again. But that don't mean you're going to win. <laughs> I mean, we've seen Dallas' defense show up the last couple of years in the playoffs. They ain't stop you from going home. I keep telling everybody, it's going to come down to moments, and your quarterback is going to have to come through. And until you're able to say, you until you're able to speak, if you're Micah Parsons, in all seriousness, I'm not even trolling, until you're able to say, my quarterback is going to see you, there's nothing you can do. I'm sure you're going to sit up there and hold the 49ers in check to some degree. They ain't going to have, they ain't going to drop 42 on you. But that don't mean you're going to be able to offset what the offense can't do. And that's where football players like Micah Parsons get themselves in trouble. That's all I got to say. He said the T-shirt made it personal. Not the 49ers sending your ass home the last two years in the playoffs. That didn't make it personal. Okay? When Greenlaw, the linebacker, picked Tony Pollard up and dumped him on his dome, that didn't make it personal. You didn't look at that like, hold on. We can't allow him to do that to our running back. Oh, it's on and popping yes. now. Yes. Oh, it was the T-shirt. Now, when you was in the game, see, that's the thing about a fight, Stevie Day. Oh, he got mad. You were in a fight. What the hell are you supposed to do? You're supposed to get mad. <laughs> when you had an opportunity to do something about it, you did nothing. They went up and down the field. Stephen A said, well, they won't drop 42 again. Why not? Yep. What made you, What makes you think that Dallas can stop him? Because the last two games, how many times did you hear Michael Parsons' name called? Sunday night and in the playoff games, I'm asking. Ask, I mean, it's not a rhetorical question, but I'm no. being serious. Yeah. yeah. They, they, know how to, they know how they to neutralize him because they make him play every snap, every down. Hold on, Shannon. What about Quinn, though? What about Quinn opposite? You explained this yesterday. I'm not stealing it from you. Yes. You broke it down how you got him on the left side. You're supposed to put him on the right side. Away from Trent Williams. They had yes. him on the left side going up against Trent Williams. What yes. the hell was Dan Quinn thinking about? That had a lot to do with it. Maybe you put him on the opposite side, he'd be more effective, Jeff. 
Negative. That, they, that, that, they, go, go, one more, one more thing, but here's the, here's the thing, though, Stephen A. Okay. The problem, that, the problem that they have is that Kyle attacks every blade of grass. Yes. So he's not playing an inept offense. This isn't the Giants. This isn't the Jets. This isn't the Patriots where they can't run the ball, and now the team just tees off on you. That's they right. make you think, and then you react. And by the time you – and he who hesitated is beat. So while you're thinking, they're already gone. They're gone from where you thought they would be. The 49ers are a better team, they're better coach, and they play a more physical. If you watch this game close, Jeff Saturday, you know exactly yes, what I'm talking about. Look at the physicality in which the 49ers came out there with. Preaching. My man is preaching right now. Here is the facts, and I said this before the game. Dak was not going to be the difference maker in this game. This game was going to be decided by which team was the most physical, and you looked at that 49er football team. How many times were they stopping play to watch a Dallas Cowboy tap out, get out, walk out, whatever it was? And Shannon brought up all kind of points. Greenlaw slamming dudes down. Warner punching balls out, picking the ball off, whatever it is, right? And you flip it over to offensively. They're getting the ball downfield vertically, whether it's McCaffrey, Ayuk, whether it's Debo Samuel. They put him in the backfield, split out McCaffrey out to the outside. They have a number of different ways, and they motion you to death. And listen, everybody talked about Mike McCarthy and, and this Dak Prescott offense and how much they lauded it the first couple weeks. He's going he's gonna to dial it down. They're going to be a they're going to be a run first team. They want to run it more. They want. But the problem is when you play an explosive offense like the 49ers, who have so many different guys. To, that Shannon, you said it best. You have to defeat uh, uh, defend every blade of grass. And now all of a sudden you want to slow the tempo down. Well, then you got to be physical. You have to be the most physical team on the field if that's the style you're going to play. Because C.D. Lamb has been the only guy who has given you those type of plays with your offense. Uh, 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 Cooks hasn't showed up. Gallups hasn't showed up as far as big explosive plays time after time. So you're asking Dak to win a situation. There ain't nothing there. That, that San Francisco 49ers team, to Shannon, exactly what he said, they were a better football team and they played a better game. Dallas was an inferior team that played poorly, so the score got – so they may not score 42. D don't be surprised if 35 gets hung on you. Oh, I no, mean, no, like, I'm like, saying, I'm like there are – there's a reason that they're opening this thing up, and dudes are – those Kittle throws weren't, like, tight throws. It, it, but, but you guys know this better than me. It is rare when you see a team get annihilated like that. Like, again, we look at the Dallas Cowboys. They ain't the Giants, okay? We see what the Giants are sorely lacking from a talent's perspective. We don't view Dallas in that regard. But the losses that we've seen, right? Arizona – physically no, handled it to them, and the 49ers physically. But, but, so but it's what, those type of teams that are going to make Dallas look that way. But listen to my way. point, though. What I'm asking is I'm asking. I'm saying it's rare that you see a team get annihilated twice in the same season like that. Like yeah. this, usually I'm anticipating a better showing, albeit a loss. Yeah. I'm certainly not predicting they're going to beat the 49ers. I still see a loss, but I think they'll, they'll put forth a better showing the second go-round. And to me, mm -hmm. if that's the reality, then you're going to find yourself in a situation where it's going to be more competitive, and it's going to come out of those moments that I'm yeah. to.
I, I, you, I, listen, I love Parsons' heart, but I'm like, I'm like Shannon, man. Hey, man, you, okay. you, you played three hours. That's true. Like, 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 like don't <laughs> be upset be. now. Like, hey, Tom Moore, the great offensive coordinator for the, for the Steelers, for the Colts, and for the Tampa. Hey, man, don't well, we, cry, cry going into the game, not after. Because well, after the game, we, we can't be frustrated. We saw drop 48 on Miami. We sure. think that's going to happen again? I don't know if we think that's going to happen again. At least not a 48-20 differential. Right. But, but, but here's the thing. The thing is, yeah. guys, oh, is that how many times in sports have we heard it's hard to beat a team twice? It's hard to beat a team three times. No, it's not if you're the better nope. team. That's right. You know, my brother, be, my brother beat me every day for about 12 years because he was bigger <laughs> and better than I was. That's right. And when it comes down to it, the 49ers are a bigger, badder, more physical football team than the Dallas Cowboys. And the problem is, is that their offense, the Cowboys' offense, unless the defense is, is creating scooping scores, pick sixes, and a special team putting them on short fields, yeah. they can't consistently drive the football down the field, where the 49ers, they're throwing the ball to the fullback on the Texas route. They're Ooh. throwing to George Kittle. They're handing the ball out to Debo. They've got so many different ways. There's only two guys on the Cowboys that can really hurt you. That's and that's right. C.D. Lamb and Tony Pollard. That's right. All right. We'll leave it there, guys. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine. Especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ. Quick takes, let's get it. We head to the association. Rookies looking like vets. San Antonio's Victor Wenbanyama, OKC's Chet Holmgren living up to the hype in their matchup. Wenbanyama had 20 points, 5 rebounds in 19 minutes. Holmgren had 21 points, 9 rebounds in 16 minutes. Stephen A., which one of these guys do you like for Rookie of the Year? I'm not going to lie to you. I think it's going to be Scoot Henderson. Oh. In Portland. Okay. 
the brother got an NBA body. He's in attack mode. He's aggressive. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm partial to this. Jeff, this, this is crazy. Jeff Shannon, but I'm going to say this. I'm the youngest of six. I got four older sisters. That brother, Scoot Henderson in Portland, the third overall pick, he got sisters. And I met him. And they the type of sisters, first of all, they could ball. And secondly, they get in this space, and they will get in this space long before anybody else will. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the coaches, teammates, etc. Y'all understand what I'm saying? When you got relatives that's in your face, and you know they have an impact on you, and they and they affect your motor. I think him succeeding Dame in Portland and having the reins handed to him more so than Wimbiana, more so than Chet Holmgren. I'm looking at Scoot mm. Henderson to win Rookie of the Year. Okay, I like wow. it. I'm the youngest of three since we're sharing. I'm the baby of the family too. So you are. Here. You're the we baby all, too. We all got. We all got to fight for it. Shannon, are you the baby too? I we am. Are, I'm the youngest. We are. All babies, and that explains so much. Okay. Uh, you got something you want to say, Shannon? No, yeah, Shannon. All right. No, I'm good. I'm good. We're going to football. We're going to football. For the second straight week, the New England Patriots got flat out embarrassed. This time they got shut out by New Orleans in Foxborough. I couldn't believe it. Another poor performance for Mac Jones and the offense around him, which resulted in the quarterback being benched for Bailey Zappi yet again. Here's Shannon yesterday talking about Belichick's future with the Pats. Listen up. Pro sports isn't like college sports. Coach K had a lifetime contract. Coach Smith had a lifetime contract. Pat Summit had a lifetime contract. That's college. In pro sports, no matter how successful you are, you got to update that resume. You don't get a lifetime contract, even with the level of success that Coach Belichick has had. Okay, we'll marinate on that for a mm. moment. Well said. Well said. Well said, Shannon Sharp. Uh, Stephen A., will this be Belichick's final season as Patriots head coach? I think it's possible. But here's why. I don't want this to be taken out of context. Bill Belichick is a six-time champion as a head coach, an eight-time champion as a coach, period, two as a defensive coordinator. We understand his level of greatness. And no one, first of all, people who are in football, who are participants like you and Shannon were and still are, you have a right to dissect him in a way that somebody like me cannot. It's results-oriented mm. for, for, for somebody like myself. Okay, it is what it is. As a coach, there's nothing to talk about. There's no, I, I'm not even qualified to uh, address his greatness. But I ain't blind. From 2013 to now, yeah. Jeff Saturday, Shannon Sharp, as I said yesterday, the man has drafted two All-Pros. Yeah. Two. One was a punter. And another one was a punt returner. Yeah. And that is it. Now, that is egregious. Yeah. That is egregious. And when you have facilitated the departure of Tom Brady, because you didn't want to kiss the proverbial ring because you had your own rings. And essentially, that led to Tom Brady being gone. And there's the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world that you wanted to be a successor. And ultimately, it's Mac Jones. Mm. And you see how they've nosedived. What I said yesterday, Shannon knows this, Jeff. What I said yesterday was this. If I'm Robert Kraft, I'm calling Bill Belichick into the office. And I'm saying, look, my man, your days as the GM of this franchise is over. Yeah. Somebody else needs to pick and select the talent. I have no questions about you as a coach. Right. But as an executive, as the guy that picks the rest, that picks the, that goes to the supermarket and does the, the shops for the groceries, like Bill Parcells once said, yeah. you're not that dude. Right. And if he can't accept that, then I got to move on. Yeah. Because clearly, it don't matter how great of a coach he is. No. You don't have the talent to execute, Shannon, Jeff. 
what can you do? That's right. And that's my position. Yeah. And when you look at this football team, there's nothing scary about it. Like, there's nothing, offensively, there's nobody who scares you. Defensively, it's not like you're, you're like, man, I'm really worried to play this yeah. defense. Like, there's, there's really no part about it. And coaching, it, it, listen, if teams are equal or pretty close, mm-hmm. coaching can play a large, it can have a large impact on games. The reality is the Jimmys and Joes matter, right? Like, Tom Brady, whether it was Belichick or, or Tom Brady, it was, a, it was the combination of both of them. Because it, but there's a lot of great players that have cured a a lot of ales for coaching mistakes, man. And you think about the Hall of Fame players and the coaches that get a, get aligned with them, that's usually who win Super Bowls, right? I mean, you think about Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, like all of those coaches are into and, – and how much better they look with those guys. And it matters because the Jimmys and Joes matter. It matters who you're getting. And to Stephen A's point – you're not getting enough of those guys. When you, when you have a two-tight-end dominated offensive football team, that, that Hunter Henry is basically your most threatening guy, whether it's Parker not making up, whoever, however you want to shake it down, and you let go of Jacoby Myers last year, you don't think he could have helped you somewhat. You look at the run game the way it is. The, the, the whole way this team is put together is, 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 is not good enough to win the NFL. And then you tack on it. This is where I would say the biggest issue for me was. Last year when he allowed a defensive coordinator and a special teams exactly. coordinator to be the offensive coordinator, Egregious. thinking, well, coaching is just coaching. With a second-year quarterback, and by the way, the year before when he was with Josh McDaniels, they make it to the playoffs. Right. And, Josh McDaniels is and by the fan- way, he was an all-pro. That's right. And, and now you've had different coordinators right. each year. That's right. And, and McDaniels is a fantastic offensive coordinator and helped him. That second year is monumental for quarterbacks. They have to be able to learn more when you put them with a totally different coaching style. And now he's on his third with Bill O'Brien. Brian, you got to give that time. And now we're pulling him, like we're blaming him for where we are as a football team. There's, there, that's unsettling, right? That, that's like making, you know, you're making a mountain out of a mole. No one's playing well. Don't just, play, don't just blame it on the QB, right? This entire team isn't playing well. The frustration for me is everybody keeps saying, well, if Robert Kraft goes to Bill Belichick and says, hey, you're going to have to relinquish those, that he wouldn't do it. I disagree with that. I, I think that if you look at it and show me – Bill, uh, Bill Belichick has moved on from a number of really good players saying uh, it's time to move on. Coaches ain't absolved of that either. But if right. you're willing to make a change to, hey, we will get better, Mr. Kraft, because we're going to do this, make adjustments here, then you have a plan moving forward. If the plan moving forward is the same as we have, then you would move on. Real quick, I just want to say one thing. And as far as getting rid of players, Shannon, he does it a, real, a year too early, never a year too late. But here's the thing. We've all been in relationships. Breaking up is easy when you're the one doing the breaking up. When the other party wants to be the one that's breaking up, it's a little harder. It's easy for Coach (laughs) Belichick to move on as opposed to Mr. Crab wanting to move on from Coach Belichick. i give you one. How about this here? Tom Brady was in the same situation. Tom Brady didn't get a lifetime contract. He had won six Super Bowls. He had won MVPs. He had been to nine Super Bowls. And what did Coach Belichick say? It's time to move on. If he couldn't get a lifetime contract, I'd be damned if Coach Belichick should have one. And you mentioned, Stephen A., you said he drafted two, three uh, 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 pro, uh, pro Bowl two, all-pro two players. Pro and Tom Brady, with that being said, still got the how many Super Bowls? 
Yeah. Right. And won how many Super Bowls? Yeah. That just goes to show you. When you had Tom Brady, since Tom Brady's probably like his third year, there were very few times that you touched the field that you didn't have the best player on either side of the football, which yep. was Tom Brady. Now when you step on the field, none of them, you might not even have the top five, nobody in the top five, top ten. Yeah. And so it becomes more and more difficult. I'm not trying to diminish what uh, Coach Belichick has done because he's done an unbelievable job. But I think the thing is we need to reassess and give Tom Brady because Tom Brady was able to cure a lot of mistakes. Think about how Juju looked with Mac Jones and how Juju looked his last couple of years in Pittsburgh. Right. How did he look with Patrick Mahomes last year? Patrick Mahomes got that man paid. How did he look <laughs> with Mac Jones? You see the difference? The quarterbacks matter. Yes, they sir. really, really matter. And if you yeah. can get one. Now, I'm not saying the pro- likelihood, well, you'll probably never get another Tom Brady. But Coach Belichick is not going to get a lifetime contract because I think he and Mr. Kraft, uh, Stephen A., are so diametrically opposite Yes, of the way they think and how they are as a person. I will say this to you. One could easily make the argument that right now Bill Belichick is being tolerated, not embraced. There is a difference. That's number one. Number two. This defense, we came into this season, all the question marks were about the offense. We didn't have any questions about the defense. And even as they played this year, you know why the defense, there's been lapses? You can tell, guys, I'm just telling you, you can tell when a defense has lost faith. Sure. They're like, man, sure. this is just, you know, we, we, we playing, we making business decisions, we playing for our future because we ain't going anywhere with this. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I see. Yep. In New England. They've been outscored 55 to 0 in points off turnovers. Oh. That's worse in the than the New NFL. And, and, and real quick, real quick yeah. before we move on to uh, a quick take, we have Mac Jones, eight turnovers a season, worst in the NFL. Do you think it's time they bench him? Yes or no? No. I mean, no. no. Yes or no? Bailey, if, that, I, if, yes or if, no? If no, but okay. it's only because I'm like, listen. If you do bench him, it's because save him. Let's get to a quick take and stay in the AFC East now. The Dolphins received tough news on their rookie running back, who's been a sensation, Devin Achan, who's expected to miss multiple weeks with a knee injury, and he's a candidate for injured reserve. Horrible news. Sources telling Adam Schefter, how big a deal is this, Stephen A.? Well, I think it's a big deal because HN, I mean, this brother's been special, no doubt about it. In the league by storm. He is, he is. But it's a big deal because that gets rid of one of their weapons for a while, and I get that. Here's the thing, though. Mike McDaniels, I got to say this. He got a whole bunch of brothers looking great, right? Yes, he does. All of a sudden, you got speed everywhere. Everywhere. And so somehow, some way, it's like, I want to say it's it's, it's, it's pivotal and it's a big impact, but Shannon, Jeff, I'm anxious to see who he's going to have as a replacement, who he's got coming out of reserve. You know, to get on the field. Because it might be another brother running a 4-2, 4-3. You see what I'm saying? We don't know with with Mike McDaniels with the speed since he's got on this squad. Well, the the first replacement will be Raheem Mostert, who has has exceptional speed. But I saw him against Buffalo, and he didn't run with the same conviction. He didn't seem as excited as Devon A-Chain, because when he gets the ball, both guys are a threat to hit their head on the goalpost. But I hadn't seen a, a young man running back that has this kind of ability like this kid here in a very, very long time Saturday. This kid is special.
Absolutely. He's a difference maker. It is going to be a lot. Jeff Wilson, I think they can bring him off of uh, IR or whatever he is. He's at a 21-day thing. I think he could come off as a runner. Here's the thing for my – they have so many, and they can use so many multiple personnel groups and formations. They could put Hill in the backfield, and they can make him – like they could do a number of different things. The, the scary part is if this guy gets healthy, he takes three weeks off and he gets healthy, I mean, that's even scarier for defense as, as defenses wear out and he gets faster because the Shannon's point – That's a good I point. Think, I think this dude averages over 10 or 11 yards a carry. That is yeah. insane in the NFL. Like anybody, I don't care how few, that is. That means you are fast, fast. But that's a different level and power. I know injuries are a part of the game, but I feel like there's been a whole lot of late with these superstar players. For sure. All right, got to leave it there, guys. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. The NFL schedule drops this week. And you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. Okay, stay with me here, Stephen A. A wild finish game two of the NLDS between the Braves and the Phillies. Phillies down one, top of the ninth. Nick Castellanos hits a shot to deep right center field. Michael Harris II makes a great leaping catch, then fires it in, and Austin Riley throws it to first base for the improbable double play on Bryce Harper to end the game. The first double play ever 
involving an outfielder to end a postseason game. How ridiculous is that? That was sensational. I mean, first of all, Bryce Harper made a, a huge, huge error overrunning second base. You got to keep your eyes on that play. That's not a mistake you can make, but this is Bryce Harper. We're talking about one of the great ones. Mistakes happen, but what a fantastic catch by Harris. What a heads-up play by Austin Riley to back up to, you know, to throw and throw him out at first base. I mean, it, listen, this series to me is the one I've been waiting for. Yep. I mean, Atlanta versus Philadelphia with those crowds in those respective mm -hmm. cities loving their two teams with the way these guys play. And that play right there evens up the series 1-1. I can't say enough. I mean, I can't wait to watch the rest no, of the No, for series. sure. Seriously. Mad Dog will be here tomorrow, That's so we'll right. get into a lot more what a phenomenal play. baseball with him. What a phenomenal Absolutely. play. Absolutely. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, this, not so much. Disappointing. Daniel Jones suffered a neck injury when he was sacked in the fourth quarter of the Giants' 31-16 loss to the Dolphins, immediately replaced by Tyrod Taylor, didn't return. The Giants' offense struggling to say the least, and this certainly doesn't help. So here's the deal. The Giants haven't scored offensive touchdowns in 145 minutes, which is nearly two and a half games. Their last time crossing the goal line on offense was 19 days ago in a Thursday night loss against the Niners. Okay, Shannon, you know this one's personal for me. Uh, would the Giants be better off resting, DJ? No. If Daniel Jones is medically cleared to play, he should play. If not, you should err on the side of caution. Look, I, and I love Tyrod, but Tyrod is not the answer. The answer, and right now there are no answers. There are only questions. The offensive line, are they going to decide to block anybody? Do you realize that there's a guy behind you and he's, re he's counting on you guys to protect him? And your job is to try to protect him at all costs? I mean, they're just letting guys just run by him, Stephen. Hey, this is, this is ridiculous. And so he might, he might be medically cleared to play this game, but the way they're blocking, he won't be medically cleared to play next game. But if he's medically cleared and he can go out there and play, he should play. And that's why you get paid the big bucks to play a lot of times, to play through things that if you didn't have the big bucks or you weren't the player that you're supposed to be, you would probably set it out. But I think Daniel Jones should play, and I think he will play. Shannon, you making my case for me, bro. I completely disagree with you. The brother on suicide watch, man. I mean, you see what they doing to him? I mean, why the hell throw him out there? Okay, I got, I got to look forward to the future. I paid him $40 million a year, right? I'm on the hook for him for this year and at least next year before I can do anything with him, right? I got an offensive line that can't block from him. Right now, Daniel Jones, he's been pressing 46% of his dropbacks, the second highest rate in the NFL to Justin Fields. He's been sacked 28 times, second only to Washington Commanders quarter back Sam Howell, who's been sacked 29 times, okay? He's got just as many pick sixes that he's thrown this year as touchdown passes, and you're telling me, and the stats show, they're not protecting him at all. At some point in time, man, this can't be some stuff with Burt Reynolds where he's dropping back the pass and he's telling you let the dude through so he can throw the football in his privates and take him out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They're actually supposed to be blocking for this brother. They they're are. supposed to be letting people through holes wide as Broadway on a Sunday morning. Yeah. The fact is, you gotta you gotta protect this brother. If he is not 100%, Shannon Sharp, I say rest him this week. See what Tyrod Taylor can give you. Give yourself an extra week to get this offensive line together, Brian Dable, because they look like hot garbage. You got to do something I, other than Shannon, Joe throwing Daniel Jones I, out there Shannon, again. one thing real quick, yes. real quick, Shannon, because this I find it really frustrating as a fan of the Giants. Listen, I know they're dealing with injuries, obviously, on the O-line, but we've been having the same conversation 
since Eli was the quarterback. So mm-hmm. at some point, it's like, what's the deal? The guy's been sacked 28 times this season, only Sam Howell more. When are they finally going to shore this up and really invest money into it? Well, they, they spent money on the left tackle, but they've done a poor job of, uh, of drafting uh, that those positions. Yeah. And, and Stephen, they say, give it, give, it, uh, give it an opportunity for this offensive line to get it together. Hell, they had all offseason, and they still haven't gotten together. You heard Molly mention they hadn't gotten together since Eli. Hell, Eli's coming up on five which years means being retired. It, which is another reason not to let him th- throw him out there. That's all I'm trying to say. And I want to be sensitive about, uh, about what I said. I, I didn't mean to say that. I know it's, it's Mental Health Month and all of that stuff, so I apologize for that and talk about what kind of watch he's on. But I'm, I'm serious from the standpoint that Throwing him out there is throwing him to the wolves. Throwing him to the wolves, Shannon, at some point in time. Let me ask you this, Shannon. At some point in time, when do you get to a point where you you protect your investment? How about that one, Shannon? When do you get to that point? Hey, I can't because here's the thing. I can't see what hey. Somebody got look here. I pay I pay huge money. I gotta put somebody into that apartment. So I'm sorry. I understand the faucet is leaking. I understand that they're, they're roaches and mice, but you somebody, somebody gotta, I gotta put I gotta somebody put somebody gotta in the apartment. And the problem that you have, Stephen A, even if you rest him, the offensive line isn't gonna get any better. So when he comes back, he's still gonna get the hell beat out of him. Well, wait a minute now. You sitting there telling me you brought up rats, roaches, and mice and everything. Can I get an exterminator in there for a week or two before I put it back in there? I mean, can nah, I you, do that? You ain't pay for that. You ain't pay for that. You got to go ahead. Nah, nah, that's going to add an extra $30 to your rent. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, I'd personally get the exterminator for free under those conditions, but I feel you. I'll leave you with this. The Giants have scored 62 points this entire season. Half of those came in that Arizona game. It would explain your attitude. I mean, it would explain. I mean, if I had looking that bad. Okay, I'm sorry. Are you a Steelers fan? They in first place. Did you check? Did you check? I think think they in first place. I think your phone's ringing again. Your phone is ringing again. Go ahead. Answer the phone. See what I'm saying? Really, Bobby? First of all, my phone is not ringing. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. It vibrates when a message comes through. Molly, you do realize we're at work, right? I mean, whoever's calling you, what do they think you are right now? Uh Uh-huh. First of all, I was going to get back to the AFC North, which is having a significant down year. So, yes, Pittsburgh is in first place, but that, you know. They're in first place. You brought them up. I didn't bring them to but since you brought them up, they are in first place. Hold on. Second of all, you're a Knicks fan. Uh, um, That's the playoff team. They're in the playoffs. What's the game plan there? We're going to get back to the playoffs. Okay. We'll, We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. All right, we gotta go. <laughs> Done with you. I don't even know why I'm defending myself. I never, I, I never no. major in the minors. We got you. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.